You can see my award-winning climate comedy show spoilers at a festival near you, provided you live near or are going to McCuncliffe or Wells Comedy Festivals. More dates added soon near you, conceivably, who knows what might happen. And if you are at Mac, come and see ComCom Redacted live at 4pm on the Saturday. Go to stuartgoldsmith.com and click the very attractive banner image to find out more. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. This is a podcast from ComediansComedian.com. This is the Comedians Comedian Podcast. Hello there, I'm Stuart Goldsmith. Welcome to the show. This is the superb Alistair Tremblay Birchall, who is the last of the comics that I interviewed at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. Although next week we will have another Australian, the superb Tom Gleeson will be joining us. Though uh, even though he's Australian, I worked with him and interviewed him in New Zealand, so that counts. This is Alistair Tremblay Birchall. I saw your show at the Forum here at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival yeah. uh, two nights ago, mm-hmm. and it absolutely blew me away. I'd never heard of you. I didn't know anything about you. I think someone gave me a tip off. Someone was like, gave me a little list of things I should see. So I yeah. just took a punt on it, and I laughed harder and for longer than I have at any other show this festival. So let's start with that. Yeah, sure. Tell me about your show. How's it going? How's your festival going? Okay, well, um, it's going... Really well. This is definitely the best festival I've had. It's my third comedy festival. Okay. Um, so I'm a Melbourne comic. Um, so I started. I started here. I did. I did one gig when I lived in Canberra. Okay. Because uh, I did uni there. But um, yeah, I started doing it properly when I, since I've been here. And t- this show is now like just basically a best of of whatever I've created in the last four okay. and a bit years. Okay. Um, but it started out as this, like, because, you know, there was these costumes at the beginning and everything yeah. like that, which is now, like, a throwaway gag. But I was, in Adelaide, I was still wearing all those costumes. Like, it was a costume and Throughout the whole show? Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God, that's yeah. commitment. Okay. And so the idea was, at the beginning, well, well when I started in Adelaide, was that it was going to follow, because I'm wearing a single-celled organism outside, and then on the inside, I'm wearing a fish, on the inside, I'm wearing some kind of mammal, ape type thing, yeah. and, and under that, I'm just wearing regular clothes. Yeah. And so, the way I had it in Adelaide was that the I would start the show with, like, what I thought was, like, the sort of the beginnings of comedy, like, just sort of shitty one-liners okay. and kind of, like, ones that didn't really hit that well, but I thought, we've got the visual metaphor here, people will understand, whatever. Okay. Right, and then I take it off, and then I would do the next stuff, which would be better comedy, sort of, sort of better one-liners instead of two-liner, three-liner type stuff. And then I'd, I'd move on, then I'd kind of do some decent stand-up, and then I would do my best stuff at the end. Okay, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. But the problem is, you know how the comedy has its, the, the, the normal format for comedy is start strong, end strong, yes. whatever in the middle. Yes. There's a reason for that. And sure. Because when you start with really weak stuff, the audience just 
doesn't trust you and then just switches off and and like and just hates you yeah <laughs> even okay. once you start hitting them with your best stuff like near the end they're like we've already made our decision about Completely. you yeah yeah and so i started shedding everything that wasn't just what i liked and felt comfortable doing which was just the strongest stuff that i had mm -hmm. and so that's how i got to this point with this show which is just the best up essentially sure okay and, so yeah. so you so you use the costumes just at the beginning and it's it's kind of like I mean, it, that really, it was such a good beginning to the show because so much work yeah. had gone into it. Yeah. And it looked like you put a huge amount of work into a dumb yeah. one-minute throwaway gag at the beginning. So yeah. I think you're definitely getting the best value out of those Exactly, costumes. yeah. And, and that's what it's supposed to come across as. It's just like, wow, you're just throwing away such, like, sure. so much effort. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. But yeah, so the, so the show's been going good. Um, yeah, it's like I'm. I'm only like I'm about four and a bit years in, so it's been okay. it's been it's been nice. Uh, it was my second Adelaide. Adelaide was hard. Sure, but I, I tried to do because there's a. I did a, a pay what you feel show mm -hmm. in Adelaide. Yeah. Um, because I'd heard so much about Free Fringe in, in Edinburgh and stuff yes, like that. Yes, because Adelaide doesn't have a Free Fringe. No, does it? It my friends Dave and Tamara were there doing a show that they said, "Oh, this is the first Adelaide free friend show, right, but yeah. I don't know if they, I don't think there was infrastructure for that. I think that was them yeah. jumping in a free space. Exactly, yeah. And I was doing sort of free fringe, but I was still paying venue hire. Okay. <laughs> but, and, <laughs> and I thought, I thought it would have the thing, well, this was the, the risk that I was taking, right? And as I thought, well, because I heard from uh, Edinburgh that, you know, you just do free fringe and then tons of people just show up because yes. they know it's a free, sure. free fringe show. But that wasn't the case, because I'm not very good at promoting myself and things like that, so I thought, this will help get people in. Mm -hmm. And of course, they didn't. That, that, not that many people showed up. Probably not that many more people that would have showed up if I had a $15 ticket price. Okay. Right, and so people did come, but it was still like I was playing to 10, on average, probably less okay. still. And, and so, they were presumably paying, on average, less than $15. Yeah, about $5 on average okay. people were, were giving, which was fine. But I think in the end, I ended up covering just my living expenses. And so sure. I have all my venue hire left to pay off, which is fine. I think at this festival, I might almost pay off my debt from Adelaide. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Let's yeah. get an introduction to the world of international festivals. Yeah. Using one to pay for the other. Yeah. Yeah. But it's like, it's a learning experience. You know, sometimes you, 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 you do, it's an experiment and some yeah. experiments have very conclusive results. Yes. Yeah. Okay. And okay. this one certainly did. So what was the work like in Adelaide? How was the, the actual shows? To small crowds, were you still, were you having good shows to those numbers? Well... Yes, I had like maybe th like the last week was good shows, but that was after I'd sort of shed all the stuff that wasn't okay. That wasn't just stand up. So it was also the reason also why I did that was because I was like, look, I'm going here with a very experimental show. There was a bit of one man sketch and character stuff a bit more sure. in the show at the beginning. And so I was just trying stuff out and I thought, well, at least this way I'm not charging people that much to, yes, okay. you know, to, to, to see the show. So I can try. And so the shows were mostly shitty and also like you know when you start showing up at festivals you've got to learn you, like you got to be finding your audience and so you got to get through a lot of people so that mm -hmm. the few people in the crowd who might love you will come back in future years and things like, things like that so I thought it was going to be a bit of an investment as well sure. and then a bunch of people will see me and then the next year they'll they'll love it but because the shows weren't so good at the beginning it was both uh, loss and financially and I think I was putting off a lot of people from coming sure. to see me yeah. <laughs> it's stopping what I've done is I've kind of done a yeah. you've, you've, you've done a dragnet to get anyone that might be up for the sort of thing you yeah. do and then prove to them that they never want to see it again. exactly yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah 
But I think a little bit of that was probably influenced by Dr. Brown. Sure. Because, like, you know, I, I did Adelaide with him last year, and I saw him show up in Adelaide with nothing. Yes. I mean, I, sh- I showed up with a bunch of stuff. But I show, I, like, I was there at the, you know, the one that won the Barry Award and the Edinburgh Comedy Award. Yeah. I was there on the first night when he was like, dude, I have no idea. I got, like, I don't, like, you know, all I want to know is I don't want to do any, like, I don't want to have any talking. I don't want to yes. have any props, blah, blah, blah. And the, just watch it kind of like, kind of bomb-ish, like yeah. the first few nights. I saw the first and the third, and it was kind of like, but you, stuff that he found in those first first uh, few nights, he has in the final show. Sure. And so I was kind of going so up with that kind idea. Of overstimulated and like, oh my God, yeah, yeah. I could try this and stuff like that. Sure. But, you know, he also is going back on the back of having some successful runs the last two years before that and things like sure. that. And so people were coming to see him and he had audiences and things like that. And he was also taking way more risks, I think, than okay. I was. Yeah, it'll yeah. be interesting to see. I mean, that's there's almost like a vogue now. Now there's, there's like a, there was a a, cl- a clown's night at the high yeah. fly at the festival club. Yeah, and it's, it'll be very interesting to see how that kind of develops now. But certainly, I think a lot of comics are really excited by this idea of turn yeah. up with nothing, improvise your way out. Yeah, and I, but equally, I think a lot of comics will be experiencing something similar to yourself. Yeah, and going. Oh, oh, right. That's why people don't do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's 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 the difficulty of doing that that kind of thing, which is like, however scared it is, like however like terrifying it is for a regular person to do comedy. Mm-hmm. I think that's how scary it is for a comedian to go out and do clowning. Exactly. Like, great, yeah. You just go like, what? Well, I got to go out there with no safety net. Like I can't yeah. even use like a few jokes that I got as backups. Sure. Like that. It's like yeah, you know, improv your way out of this. See if you can. But I mean, you know, he's also not just going up with nothing. He's also got experience and he's got, you know, just, we've all got outs. Like we've all sure. got saves and things like that to, yeah. to get us out of things. Yeah. You know, he might just shrug his shoulders and go, mm, whatever. Yeah, and yeah. Like, all right, now to the next thing. You know? Sure, sure. Yeah. So so this idea of, um, of your, the evolution, the original idea of evolving yeah. through comedy. And from the way you describe it, like wanting to do different types of jokes in each different section of evolution yeah that suggests that you feel comfortable at least attempting or or working within lots of different styles and genres like you you've got like a a bunch of different things and to someone listening to this who hasn't seen you i can imagine my listenership going all right oh yeah four years in reckon you do all sorts but i wouldn't be talking to you if i hadn't been just super blown away by your show and your ability to to produce really good one-liners and explorations of concepts and stories and the, the character, quasi-character yeah. bit at the end. Yeah. So let's just talk for a bit about where you come from and how you started and how you brought yourself to, to go. Okay. First of all, thank you very much for all those nice things. Oh, no worries. Yeah. No, you're welcome. Um, well, I'm... So where I really kind of started in comedy was I was, uh, I was doing my engineering degree. Like, I think, you know, I think once you look back on it, you've kind of created a narrative, a comedy narrative throughout your life by, by going like, well, now I realize, yeah. you know, I was yeah. a class clown after, yeah. you know, blah, blah, blah. And so like, like I've kind of looked back and I kind of go, when I was in high school, I remember like watching the gala that was like the comedy festival gala that goes sure. on TV here. Cause I did high school here in Biga, you know, in, in Australia. Mm-hmm. So I've been here for 15 and a half years, even though I sound Canadian, okay. which is where I used to live. But yeah, sure. Um, so I remember seeing like the, like the stand up on the galas and kind of going like, Oh, that's really interesting, but never kind of registering that that was a thing. And then I went and did engineering uh, as a degree. And it was in my last year that it kind of like the YouTube came out and I was like, okay. Oh, 
Like, like, and, and that's what I found myself just watching nothing but that. Yes. And like, and even then, like, I remember going through, like, you know, this was like a lot of like uh, the Comedy Central specials that, you know, uh, and, and going through a lot of that stuff. And even then, like, I found that there wasn't, there wasn't like, uh, even having not had that much of a comedy education, like, that there wasn't that much stuff that had that spark of interest. Like, where, like, I mean, I think that one of the first person who really interested me was Hedberg, like, was yeah. Mitch Hedberg. And I was like, oh, wow, this guy's really got something. And then you kind of see, like, Dimitri Martins and you kind of, like, Zach Galifianakis sort of stuff came out a few years later, maybe. And, 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 and like, yeah, you just, you just get attracted to certain people who have a spark for you and things like sure. that. And so I started just watching endless amounts of stuff. Uh, while I was avoiding writing my thesis or whatever. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and so then I went, oh wait, these people are just people. So you know, like they're they didn't, they weren't just born just doing this. And so like they realized that it's just like, oh, you just start doing it. Eventually, you get good. Sure. And so that's kind of yeah, like that's the, kind of part of the trick of it, isn't it? Is yeah. Recognizing that it exists as a as a potential thing you could do. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. So that's when the secret door appears. Yeah. yeah. It's like oh oh yeah, it's like. They're all human. Like I think that's because people put that in your head. I think that you're like, oh no, you're these are comedians. You 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 either got it or you don't. Like it's not something sure. they they don't tell you. Like they don't act. Uh, they don't treat it like it's a skill that you can learn. No, and they think it's just like yeah, you got it, or you don't. And so that's why I thought you know you can you can learn it. And so then I just and I, I like yeah, and then I just started. I just but then I procrastinated for like three years starting to actually do it. But I would you know like and I would. I think like a lot of people I think I, I started looking for any kind of literature on it like you know any kind of theory behind it mm-hmm. you'd read you know like how to write joke books yeah, and things yeah, like sure. that which have like so little useful information yeah, yeah, absolutely because they're written by people who aren't usually stand-ups and people who don't have very much experience people yeah. who probably started out doing it they go oh yeah I get the gist of this or they've read other theoretical literature and then they've gone here's the basics and it's pretty obvious stuff like they tell you rules of three and put a put a you know uh uh, punchline at the end of a sentence and things like that which is like the most basic stuff that almost anybody who's just an, an outside observer could tell sure, you sure and so and I find maybe out of most books you probably get one line that's like inspired out of, the, yep. out of those things and, and that's anyway so I went through a lot of that kind of stuff but then after about three years of progressing moved to Melbourne and I decided that I was going to start doing it but I still didn't start um, I still avoid I did like one open mic I did like a music open mic where mm-hmm. they just allow poets and spoken word people to get up so I tried to do comedy there well done yeah <laughs> yeah Thanks. I've done, I've done I yeah. did one or two of those in like my my second and third gigs ever were at music open mics yeah it's a ridiculous atmosphere it's, it's you know. awful well I ended up doing that for like six months okay because I think I was more worried about the judgments of comedians than I was of the general public okay, okay. and so like I avoided <laughs> going into the regular rooms I was like I want to go into the comedy rooms like with with jokes that work like you oh know, I just want to show God. up on the scene that's so funny that's, that's such a reflection on how it's all exploding at the moment mm. that, that you know you, people think the traditional role is you go to the comedy club the open spots to fail yeah. and now people are doing pre-open spot that's, training yeah, yeah. that's almost how I felt like that's I was like I was more worried about yeah comics and their judgments and I think because I was elevating comics as well like in my mind because I'm a massive comedy nerd there's just like comics are these things and I want to impress sure. them and I want to get in with them and I yeah, like yeah, yeah. you know and they can tell me their secrets and all that kind of stuff right um, but yeah and, and the thing was I, I didn't even start doing like after that first one I kind of like avoided it for another six months yeah. and I was like oh I'm going to do it I'm going to do it so it took a friend who knew like who heard me talking about it for ages it took a friend to go alright how about this let's make a deal you have to do 50 gigs in the next six months or else you have to give me ten thousand dollars. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I just went, 
that's all the motivation I need. And it was essentially like, it was just the only thing that needed to get, to get me going. And so then I was starting to do like three, four open mics a week, okay. just like for six months or so, just to get my, myself going. And then I kind of like, that was the, the kickstart that I needed. And then I've been doing it ever since. So that's since like November 08 or something like that. Or, okay. Yeah. Uh, or 09, whatever it is. Um, but yeah. And then, so since then, yeah. So just like, and it's, and it's the slow process of just climbing through, like I've only realized in the last six months or so that I'm no longer at the bottom. Like yeah, you okay. spend so much time in the glut of newbies. Yeah. There's just so many people just starting out and you start out with lots of people and you can see the, anybody like in the, in the comedy hierarchy, the people above kind of like, they talk to you, but they don't really take you seriously until you, sure. they, they, they've seen you do good gigs and things sure. like that. And you can almost start, like once you're, you're no longer there, you can almost start feeling that in other people. You're like, it's almost like, I don't want to get attached to you. I don't even know how long you're going to be here. Sure. And yeah, also yeah, I don't want to be seen with you it, that much. because in, in as much as that, I've always hated it. Was, I've spoken with the show before about um, that thing in, in dressing rooms sometimes when other when more comics more pro than oneself yeah. won't really give you the time of day until yeah. you smash it and I think that's really out of order yeah. and I, I, I still hold that belief yeah. but equally when you are very new yourself you're kind of aware that some people are sort of perennial open spots and some yeah. people are kind of unhinged yeah. and, and so there is sort of a, a level at which you know yeah. simply having signed up for an open spot and then being able to walk into a dressing room doesn't yeah. really make you a comedian and maybe there's you know, maybe some yeah. of those those more pro guys that that reticence to some extent is based on having met the unhinged ones and let their guard down. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah. And and also there's a there's a tendency for a lot of us to to be really confident really early on in that we know what we're talking about. Sure. Like like especially like like you know someone like me like I like I still feel feel that like worried about sounding like that now because I'm four years in or whatever, mm-hmm. and, I, and I and I talk confidently about what I've done or whatever. But like, but I think you know because we've watched a lot of comedy and we've like and then we've done a few gigs. We're like, yeah, let me. I can tell you a few things about about sure. how, you know. It's like if somebody played one game of baseball and he was like, let me tell you a little something about baseball. Yeah, and yeah, I'm like, Shut up, man. So yeah, it's it's also strange like that. And so when when you're looking at people who are just starting out and they're and they're trying to give you like advice or something, like that, you're like, uh, and that's yeah. why people stay away because they just don't because we're just all sensitive and <laughs> just, I was like, look, I don't need you to tell me. Like I I can I can easily dismiss your opinion, but I just I don't need to have your negative sure. opinion in my head when I yeah anyway. But yeah, so uh, I don't know. And then since then, it's kind of just been like it's just I guess it's just slowly working at it like. Um, how, how many gigs are you doing? How, how many gigs can one do if someone's living in Melbourne? Melbourne, yeah. If, I think if you have, if you do like three gigs a week, you feel like you're having a good week. Okay. So I don't know, what's it like in London? Like for You can, you could conceivably, well, you could conceivably work every night. Yeah. You could conceivably work every night or at least turn up somewhere with a reasonable chance of getting on. Sure. I, I think. And yeah. that might be wildly, there might be open spots listening to this gnashing their teeth because yeah, that's, yeah. that's changed since, you know. No, totally. And and, and that's because here you hear about that. Like you hear London and New York and they're like, mm-hmm. yeah, you can get on three times a night, five times a night sure. if, you, if, you, if you travel, you know, whatever, that kind of stuff. And so you're like, oh my God, what are we doing here? We should if, you're, be- if you're prepared to travel enough, you could, I'm sure you could work every night. Yeah. But there might be, you know, certainly travel which to an English person would be ridiculous. Maybe a five hour, six hour drive doesn't seem as weird. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Plus, you know, that, that might not be viable within a night. You're like, sure. yeah, I got a gig at 5 a.m. in uh, yeah, exactly. you know, Albury-Wodonga or something. <laughs> yeah, so you can probably get up at like 
three times uh, yeah a week. So which is why um, newer people I think do festival shows in Australia a lot sooner, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Because we don't have as much of a path here. Uh, where you know there's like there's a lot of working gigs like there's not that much paid stuff there's more gigs around in Melbourne now like the scene is kind of like is yeah. thriving a lot more and there's a lot of more interesting people from what I hear from some of the mm-hmm. older comics but but there's still not a lot of money exchanging hands there's not that many paid gigs yeah. you know maybe if you MC you headline in s- small rooms there might be like 50 bucks thrown your way mm-hmm. and stuff like that but there's not like a scene like a network and you know corporate stuff is just for people who've really kind of like sure. you know hit it and have management and all that kind of stuff do, do you think because of that that the because something I feel like I've observed in Australia is that there's a bit more and I've only I've gigged at the festival in, in Adelaide I did some gigs at Sit Down in Brisbane in Queensland mm. and um, I've, I've done a festival here under my lovely sheltered protected yeah, I've been brought yeah, yeah. out by the fabulous Mary Tobin and you know yeah, yeah, yeah. And stuff. Um, so but do you think that because there's less of a a structure to mm. support new comics that the festival itself is more supportive or, or that, that individuals are more supportive and want, want to help um, I hear like like Melbourne is sort of big enough that it's like it's it's too big to be like a small tight-knit community sure I hear that about like Adelaide and Perth okay uh, that they're really like close and everybody helps each other out and stuff like that sure. here like there is a bit of a community and stuff like that but I think the reason why people go to the festivals is because it's a way of almost buying stage time yes, because okay. because we're all doing uh, yeah, five okay. minutes here and stuff like that but you can you can book yourself in for a full run at the festival and first of all that gives you a deadline to write towards yeah. which is the most amazing thing to have because then you're like I gotta write and then you're gigging around and trying out new stuff and things like that but then you also get you know 50 minutes to an hour a night you know yes. performing to mostly friends and family but then also you slowly start getting people who don't know you coming and so it's yeah. a way of getting an hour a night yeah. to really that's like, fascinating I think that's what a lot of a lot of newer acts in the UK are starting to use the free fringe in mm. the UK as I don't know if you know how much you know about that but there's mm. a, basically there is, there is a two or three now different fringe organisations yeah. where in, at the Edinburgh Festival you don't need to pay for the spot Cool. So right. they just make they don't charge you for the spot. They make they arrange rooms with uh, uh, you know rooms in bars so that the they, they do the the negotiating with the bar so that the bar makes money from anyone that turns sure. up and you don't have to pay and you don't have to pay them or sometimes you do. Um, but that's interesting that that enough people do that that haven't some people do that that haven't got twenty minutes to rub together. Yeah. Some people do that because they're already functioning as a comic and actually they're bringing back last year's show on the free fringe to make yeah. some money from it there's lots of people using that system in, in different ways some of them abusing maybe um, I, I hadn't before heard that thing of just yeah buying stage time God. yeah well somebody put it to me like they're like well look if you if you think of comedy as a hobby especially at the level that you know some of the guys at my level are at like you think of it still as a hobby like Anybody who spent like a few grand on a hobby every year, you it's like that's not that crazy. Like if yeah, you're into bikes or anything sure. like that, so it's not that crazy to yeah, to spend like three grand on venue high, and so and you, and you get some money back from ticket prices. So sure. so like the first the first the absolutely like the first uh, milestone to get is like oh my god I broke even. Yeah, just the greatest yeah. thing to have ever happened. Look yeah. at that! It didn't cost me anything. I'm doing pretty well for myself. Yeah, yeah. and so yeah, I think that's that's kind of like one of the ways, and because there's almost more opportunity for people. Like some people here make 
almost a, like a, you know a year's wage from doing festivals mm-hmm. like you know not anybody really my level oh, there's a few people like maybe just like above me and things yeah. like that who are who are making like almost yearly wages from just the festival so okay. and then I mean so the festivals become the circuit really so if you yeah. can do enough festivals and make them enough of a cash cow yeah then you you can survive on doing the odd 50 buck a week yeah, gig. yeah, yeah okay. and well, you know, and there's not that many people get, like getting to that point. There's a lot of people working towards, but you know, there's some people who like I don't know if you know who John Bennett is. John yes, Bennett. I know yeah. John very well. Yeah, 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 so he he does he just goes from festival to festival sure. around the world like that, and that's one way that it can be viable. So he you know he he might not make enough money in one festival here to support him for the whole year, but he you know he can go to Canada and he can do three. Circuit, yeah, yeah, he yeah. can do all those other ones, and that way, yeah, that that's a, a viable way. Whereas throughout Australia there's not um, there's not like like I, I hear from you know just watching guys like Stuart Lee that there's like small theatres where you can do like 300 people around the UK yeah. you know and you can tour around so there's like a, a, a lesser scene that isn't the stadium scene and that isn't the absolutely yes uh, there's the, the, the touring circuit yeah basically. exactly yeah, so art centres yeah well there's no place like that where he can go and do like his pretending things or a cock show sure. all around Australia like and there might be like regional stuff but I think it's it's yeah, I don't know. It's it's definitely not established at the moment. Nobody's sure. nobody's sort of carved okay. out that path as well. And yet you gotta sort of get involved with an, a government organization and they kind of subsidize it or something like that. Sure. Maybe, yeah. So this is Alistair. I, I'm I really enjoyed even just listening back to this podcast and just listening to the amount that we both excitedly geeked out about comedy. Um, he, I, as I'm at pains to point out during this interview, because I know a lot of you won't won't have heard of him or be familiar with his work, he really, really blew me away. Uh, his show was so superb. I was very, very excited about it, and he's really nerdy about it and comedy, and that, I think, makes for a great uh, conversation. There's some very interesting perspective in here about being new. Obviously, being new in Melbourne is not the same as being new in the UK, but there's obviously lots of parallels, and um, so that might be a a fresh or challenging perspective on on some newer acts. I'm not planning to do a a great load. I know people still emailing me, uh, people are still emailing me, saying, when you do your uh, Open Spot special, and uh, there's no plans at the moment to pursue that but um this i think is a conversation that's absolutely worthwhile having forgive me i'm losing my voice rather as ever now in a little while during the interview alistair mentions a youtube link to a particular joke of his uh, and it'd be a great idea i think to stop and watch that when you get to that moment if you can so you can follow the conversation that we have about it i think that'd be worthwhile uh, we have bundles of tickets on sale. Tickets are still available for Benny Boot on Wednesday the 29th of May. All details at comedianscomedian.com. Uh, that is fast approaching and uh, selling well, I hope. i be totally honest. I, it's at the back of my mind. <laughs> I'm assuming that you guys are doing the right thing and, uh, and buying loads of tickets. Uh, yeah. Do that. Do that. It's important. Um, plus, if you go to gildedballoon.co.uk, uh, tickets are now on sale for the Edinburgh run. I'm not releasing just yet uh, who's on when, because a lot of them haven't been confirmed. But keep your ears peeled. Join the Facebook group and, and follow me on Twitter at ComComPod, and I will be giving the treats of the important information as to who's when to those sources initially. So get stuck into that. Thank you for all the people that told me you're starving for new episodes. I only realised afterwards, and after I had a lot of very lovely replies, thank you for those, um, um, I only realised after that that uh, obviously no one was going to, to tweet me I'm swamped because if you are swamped then you haven't got as far as that episode yet well done Stuart clever boy 
Um, however, go to gildedballoon.co.uk for Edinburgh Fringe tickets for Comedians Comedian Live. And at the moment, I can't get the search function to work. Maybe I'm being an idiot on that website, but you can find it if you search for anything. It'll send you to the index or just or click on the index from the homepage uh, and look down, scroll down all of the shows that are there and look under T for the Comedians Comedian Podcast Live with Stuart Goldsmith. <laughs> That's the way we're doing it at the moment. That's that. Thanks for listening. Um, I hope you enjoyed the rest of this interview with the wonderful Alistair Trembley Birchall. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. So let's talk about your act and the sorts of things that you are trying to do with it. What does, what does comedy mean to you? Sure. Um... This is something I've kind of like I've, I've, I've thought about recently is that in when you like what you like I think like in comedy with when you watch it it tells you a lot what you value in comedy like okay so like like and so this is what I've realized through me like like I love things that are original like that's from watching shitloads of comedy there's nothing that annoys me more than than just like yeah but this guy's like that joke's been done a hundred times sure. in that same like in different formats but it's the same joke like yeah right so that bothers me a lot so, so I'm, yeah, I'm always, you feel that people have a responsibility to be watching enough comedy that they can go oh actually everyone's doing that I should I should stop yeah I don't necessarily think like everybody has to do it because like everybody has their own thing and like and there's a place for there's a place for that like I've seen some acts that kill so hard with just doing the same kind of like racial stuff where it's the same like you know these people are lazy these people steal these people yeah. can't get jobs and stuff like that this is my mixed and parentage these two stereotypes yeah. are now combined into one and yeah, yeah exactly sure. and and there's a place for that in that like there's audiences who are completely new to 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 comedy and they've and and that's that's such a fresh and brilliant joke that just enlightens them that oh my god I believe that or yeah. like yeah, it's yeah like and and that's cool but like I I care more about comedy <laughs> like like and I feel that feels like an arrogant thing to say but like I love comedy itself almost more than I love audiences like like making audiences laugh <laughs> and I want to make the audiences laugh but I like like in, in a way like I feel like I, I care about serving comedy to a certain extent like sure. like that's why I like you know, and every like you know, and anybody who's a comedy nerd, not anybody, but like people love Stuart Lee, and Stuart Lee might, might not always be the funniest guy, but he's pushing comedy yes. into new places, and that's interesting. And so like, and so like, yeah, I'm a fan of his, but like, you know, it's not, and he's doing amazing things with like with the way that he p plays off the crowd now and things like that, mm -hmm. like they plays the crowd against each other, and that's it, like an interesting thing that I haven't seen that much of. But yeah, but stuff that I really like is, yeah, original, and I just love, I love the idea of just the punchiest stuff. Like, I love, I just, my dream would be to make people hurt. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, and so, but I don't know, yeah, and and that just pretty much all just comes through trial and error, like, with everybody, like, same thing with as everybody else. And so... Um, but you, you seem to have a sense of quality control but as well, which I think that some, that a lot of comics, some comics maybe that's a, 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 a something that's letting them down that they don't even know about is that not having a sense of quality control like do you 
do you write jokes and go this isn't good enough or this isn't original enough yeah well I, I I find yeah well there's stuff like that like and and definitely definitely I, I well I, it just like no but in my mind it's like it's, it's I don't even write it down like usually it's if uh if a thought comes into my head, I go, "Oh, that's way too obvious." Like, mm-hmm. and so I don't, I don't like that. I, I like, I usually throw away the first thought that comes. Okay, okay. Like, because I think, I think that's, yeah, it's because I think if the audience can think of it, then it's not worth doing. Sure. Like that's, I don't know, that's how I think about that. But um, but the quality control, I think, is I don't, I don't like, I don't like, like, you know, like, like there's there's some people that are really good at this, like, like doing stories and stuff like that where it's like and here's a little laugh 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 and like and it's just that continuous thing and you're essentially you're, you're getting you know you're getting continuous laughter throughout the thing but there's no like just big hard hitting punches in the face sure I, I, I hate little laughs like I, like they bother me like, like okay. I don't I don't like like 30% uptake kind of laughs or whatever like things that just go like huh. like yeah. I almost feel like I'm being antagonized like, okay. okay you know it's just like oh here like it's like that sounded like a punchline here's a little laugh like yes sure and that yes, bothers me yes I see me. what you mean it's almost patronizing they go oh yeah I recognize that was a joke but we all know we all know from this little laugh that I'm not barely laughing yeah 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 whereas like like a big laugh like feels like it's involuntary like it's like it's like look I'm trying to stop but I can't you know like yeah. and that's that's the thing that I think like I'm always yeah like if, if I try something yeah, out that's kind fascinating of, the difference between a voluntary and an involuntary laugh yeah because yeah. like yeah, there's too much like huh or like yeah. ha like that. if it ends too fast it feels fake and that could just be paranoia in my mind sure. just like listening to it but yeah I, yeah that's and but like other than that like it's pretty random the way that I'm aiming for stuff like I find when I try to write to a theme, it's never, it's never sure. great. Like it's always that idea that I have while I'm writing about something else. I go, oh, that's a cool idea, and then yeah, you write okay. about that, and then suddenly it's like, oh, well, that's great, but this doesn't have a place anywhere. Yes, that's interesting. Who was I talking to about uh, Geraldine Hickey? Yeah. Um, about how um, she will often, in trying to write something about a subject or yeah. in having what she thinks is a punchline, she'll spend more time getting to the punchline and later on the, 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 her, her idea of what the punchline is will fall away because actually the getting there has become the funny thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it's, it's really, I don't know, writing is like, it's just, it's just such a struggle. <laughs> okay, let, well let's talk about writing. How do you write? Do you sit down and type? Do you, I, yeah. What do you do? I try to do, because I've been doing this, like sometimes what I do is comedy festival ends in end of April yeah right and then there's the sign up almost immediately for Melbourne Fringe which is September October okay right so then you kind of have like four months or three and a half months or whatever to write a show for uh, Fringe for Fringe yeah okay and so then I just try everything so sometimes I just like I open the computer I just type randomly until like you know you just like I am typing this is me writing down ideas until I find a thought and then suddenly sure. suddenly it's not something like you know will we'll start coming out but usually you just get like two pages of stuff and then you kind of get like one tiny little thing yeah. you're like yeah, yeah. this might be a good idea but like it's really like I just I've realized from listening to podcasts like this mm-hmm. and from listening to all sorts of stuff that really just trying everything like conversation is a great place to get stuff yeah. out of like I find I love riffing with my housemate Andy Matthews is like he's only like he's about two years in and but like I feel like his mind is just like sure. the greatest comedy mind and he's also sure. way harder working than I am so <laughs> so like like and it's fun having somebody that you're always at play with yeah. you know there's some people like that are comedy people but you're just 
you're, you talk shop, but it's never like, it's never you're having fun with, with, yeah. with him. It's like any conversation turns into a bit mm-hmm. and, and that's a great stimulus. That's to have really around. valuable, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And he's my, yeah, he's my housemate. He's, he's the guy who directed my first show and also like, like, like that, like, you know, just two blind people directing a show, not knowing sure. what they're doing, like, you know, sure. two years in, but yeah. And, but yeah, so, so that's great. Um, that's obviously just the stuff that. Sometimes I realize, like, you know how you re- you reuse bits of conversation with people? Yeah, yeah. Like, um, the stuff that I didn't realize I was reusing, like, with people, like, I'm like, oh, this is how I was telling that story. I go, oh, shit, I've, been, I've said this, like, six times to different people. That could probably just be a bit, if this is sure. always getting a laugh. There's there, like, um, tweets. Tweets is where a lot of my kind of, like, one-liners come from. Because if, I, if I'm in front of my computer, it's just I, I end up in a YouTube black hole and yeah. then my day is gone, mm-hmm. right? But if I'm on public transport or something like that, then um, I can just open up that little empty window and then you just start a sentence and then just see sure. if you can finish it with a joke. Like, you know, sure. it's just like, okay, okay the, cows, the cows are walking home, yeah. right? And then you just see how you can just finish that. I'm not gonna find a punchline to yeah, that. Yeah, sure, sure, that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This, but, is, this is a documentary, not, not a game. Yeah, 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 that's right. But, um, but yeah, I like. I feel like like that's. I don't know. I imagine most people end up being like that. Like they end up. They just because I think I listened to the uh, Antropovsky one. Antropovsky. Antropovsky. Yeah. Sorry, yeah. and he was like, yeah, sixty percent or fifty percent of it is like stuff that comes to him throughout the year. Yeah. And then the other fifty percent is him just sitting down and like literally like working it out, like just yeah. looking at the logic of a joke and just like you know and like just coming up with ideas and just like yeah. working it out. And it kind of feels like it's a bit like that. Yeah. Yeah. And so that's why like my show is a mishmash of just like, yeah, some of it's one-liners and some of it's like um, long bits, but they're all about like two, two three-minute bits anyway. Sure. But like, it's just, and it also is just because like, I love, I love one-liner comics, but I don't think I could ever do a one-liner show. It's just, sure. it's such a jarring thing to just like, I, I find for, for an audience like, uh, to just, especially because it's, it takes so long to get so good at that. Yes. So. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I saw the Pajama Men last night. Yeah. And um, they, I don't know if you've seen them before. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They they are becoming so good at one-liners yeah. that they just you know drop in in the middle of a you know another brilliant mind storytelling funny bit. Yeah. yeah. Um. But I love they're so simple. Kind of like I remember from a show they did years ago. Just go. I went for a walk in the park. It was easy. Just, just little, you know, yeah, 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 yeah. jokes disguised as conversation almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, but, but I find it a lot more palatable in that kind of context than mm. if I'm battered with 20 minutes of them even. Totally, yeah. And it's kind of jarring for an audience to just go like, like it's like, here's another joke, mm-hmm. and then you do it, and then laugh or don't because laugh, expecting that's a joke. It. Yeah, They're yeah, expecting yeah. a joke, aren't they? If exactly. they're doing one-liners, then they know there's a one-liner coming up. So I find I'm trying to, I'm running ahead trying to guess what the punchline's going to be. Yeah, and again, that's the same I thing with the... the audience member. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then that's that pressure again. And it's like that, that, like that polite laugh that I was talking about earlier that I felt with those little laughs. It almost feels like you're putting them in one of those hostage situations where yeah, it's like, okay. come on, laugh or make it awkward. That's your yeah, choice. Yeah, yeah, sure. You know? And a lot of people just choose make it awkward, yeah. which is fine. That's the honest response to give. And I appreciate you guys helping me out like that. <laughs> but yeah, so that's why like, I, I love to do them. And, and, and sometimes I, t- I tell comics who are coming up, like who are just starting, up, starting out and just doing one line, I'm like, look, 
doing longer bits a lot of the time is just a lot of one-liners just tagged together yeah. like that's what a bit is it's just like or it's just a lot, a lot of jokes of time, it's a lot of sentences and yeah, one-liners exactly. yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah but it's just like it's just it's when you you've managed to find enough jokes on that same topic or or, or you can just keep adding jokes to it like oh, yes. he knows what a bit is anyway but like yeah, yeah. but like but it's just like it doesn't have to be just one line. It's like, you, know, you can find it. But anyway, sometimes you just got a one line that you have no other place for. And also to get those like five or six one liners that I have in my show, I, like there's like, you know, mm. 40 jokes that were written for that. Yeah, and course, then everything was like, there's one that I do in the show. And I don't think, I, I don't know if I did it the night that you okay, were there. What's the one? The one where I go, um, I'll, I'll just explain it first. But like, like just that, um, it only get a, it gets a laugh from comics. Okay. And it's such a strange one. And it was a tweet, which is like, it's just, um, so Big Ben is big, right? But it's still uh, the smallest clock I've ever had diarrhea inside of, right? <laughs> which is so stupid. And also I found out recently that Big Ben is apparently the bell. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. yeah that, that doesn't make sense, especially when, when, yeah, when you're yeah. doing it to English people, right? But that one is so stupid. But... It, it also, it's, it's almost like it has a format of joke that doesn't work with people who aren't involved in comedy. I don't yes, know if that's, yes. a, if that's a thing that's anyway. No, no, definitely. I mean, that, that's the danger, actually. I remember I, I was reading a book at the moment by uh, Jonathan Lynn, who was yeah. the guy that wrote, uh, amongst other things, he wrote uh, Yes Minister and Yes Prime Minister, which oh, yeah. are also British sitcoms yeah, yeah, yeah. and much loved. And uh, in it, he says that one of the rules is if a crew, if the crew is laughing at the joke, cut it. Yeah. <laughs> because they're laughing for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And it's the same with comics. I mean, I, we all like comics jokes. Yeah. We all like stuff that makes the peanut gallery laugh. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. But really, we should be cutting it because yeah. they're, they're not an audience. Yeah, and, and that's entirely, like, like one of the reasons why they're laughing at it could be just because it's a horrible joke. Yeah, well, yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's always that danger, isn't it? It's, yeah. I, I think with that one, I, I think, but then there are jokes like the, the you know, the joke about the barroom joke about the guy with the huge orange head. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah stuff yeah. like that. And nice. if you don't know that one, get someone to tell it to you. Yeah. <laughs> no, not you, the listener. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but they're jokes because they play with the, the, the rhythms of comedy they play with yeah. the existing parameters of comedy yeah that's and I, but, but then I think you are very good at doing that I mean I uh, one of the things I really enjoyed about watching your work was that it kept surprising me and I like to think of myself as having a sophisticated comedy mind you yeah, know yeah, yeah. there was enough in there that I, I genuinely don't know where this is going and I don't know where this is going and I don't know where this one yeah. like a, a key bit that I wanted to talk to you about and it's a bit you do that I think you did at the Hi-Fi Club because yeah. there was someone sat next to me who said oh, the, I saw this guy and this, is this, he did this bit and I'm, I want to see it again oh, cool. yeah. was the urethra bit yeah. about the I don't know what the word is the diameter of your, yeah, the yeah, size yeah, yeah, of your yeah, urethra yeah. which is kind of a take on the idea of a dick joke yeah but you take it out of being I mean it sounds hideous just saying the word urethra it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. bulk at saying but it takes it out of the realms of being a dick joke you're kind of satirising the idea that anyone could be proud of the size of their dick yeah. by picking a different uh, a different geometrical aspect to it and yeah. being super proud of it and then every beat of that routine is another great description of a, a an aspect of that of the geometry I don't want to give stuff away no I don't yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't mind if people want to see that bit I think it, it's on YouTube it's like if you type in Alistair Trombley Virgil and then showdown that's the only place where it's there it's not a okay. popular video it's only like 30 views or something okay. like that, which is great because it's it's in my show and I don't yeah, want to <laughs> nice. waste it but um but yeah that 
that bit, I, I love it, but like that's completely inspired by CK, like yeah. Louis CK, who I now like to call Louis K. Yeah, no. <laughs> but um, he, because um, he has bits like that, which is just essentially describing his body parts as looking yeah. like something else. And I, I just love that idea of Im- imagery, like the imagery can get laughs. And of course, like, like the, yeah, it's, it's because I don't really have many dick jokes in my show. I have like a couple of things that mention dicks and things like that. And I kind of, I've, I've purposefully tried to avoid it because, yeah. but like, but the, obviously it gives it this bit so much power because it's, it is a dick. But like, but I am, I'm sort of like doing the imagery to the side. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. not doing it in front of my, I don't want it to be graphic. Like, I just want to go, look, it looks like it's a, a it's copper a really pipe. Te- like, yeah, the copper pipe thing. Yeah. It's a really technical appreciation of it. <laughs> yeah. That, that is, um, that takes it off into something else. Well, it's, it's almost like what Mitch Hedberg does. Mitch Hedberg's jokes are just like, hey, here's this thing. Now see it as something else, right? Yes. So it's like... Uh, oh, he's at the ant that's a snowman. If I pull your legs off, you would resemble Yeah, you re- yeah. resemble snowman with the banana and... No, 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 wait, wait, no, it's... The, yeah, yeah, there's like... Ba- bananas are like the opposite of... Or no, bananas are just like traffic lights or something like that. No, the, yeah. the opposite of traffic lights. Like yellow... Uh, no, green means... Green means stop. Stop. Uh, yellow means slow down. Oh, no, 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 go. And yeah. red means where the hell did you get that banana? It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's all these just like logical equivalencies, like where it's like, it's, this is like this, but then you just see it and it's like, I don't know, that's how I've justified it. That's how the, you know, everybody has their own comedy theory in their mind. Yeah. Like, they're like, no, no, no. Like, my, my, my housemate Andy, his thing is comedy is two things happening at once and one thing calls the other thing into question. Right. Yes. Okay. And and everybody has their own little theory in their brain like that. And like some of ours is more mathematical than others. Other people is just like, let me just do something stupid, and if people laugh, I'll just do that thing again. Yes. Sure. Giggle, sure. You know. And and it's cool. But yeah, th- this one I got really early on from Hedberg, which I don't. I love that. And so it's just basically saying like, look, I'm essentially describing something that looks like a bit of copper pipe, and I can just keep. I can just keep like describing it in different ways so that you see it as like, you know, when the water's overflowing and like, you know, yeah. when the urine's overflowing over the side, it looks like a war memorial water feature. Yeah, yeah. You know, it looks like, you know, I don't know if you blow on it, it goes like shit like that, which is, I don't know. Yeah, that's, I, I don't know. I, uh, yeah. You were, well, you were taking every angle. You were taking every kind of geometric angle. You were, I keep using the word unpacking and I, I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to make that catch on and call it yeah. criticism, but you were good at, you were really good at unpacking all of the different things from it. And, and also, what else was I going to say that you, um, you kept kind of changing it up. It was like a paradigm shift. There's another one and another one and another one and another one. Mm-hmm. So, so that we as an audience, there was this wonderful rolling laugh whereby mm. it was like, you know what I mean? I felt like we were being boxed like yeah. up there, down there, there, you know, without getting to recover. Yeah. And I suppose that, I guess that's what speaks to me about your quality control because those bits were all, those beats rather of the joke were so close together and so strong yeah. that that's like a real standout bit. Has that, has that become a, like a, a known bit of yours? Yeah, that is like, at the moment it's like, because it, I've developed that one over the last year and that's basically... ATB, the, he's the dick circumference well, guy. Yeah, <laughs> almost. Like, like, it's, well, it's, like, at the moment I'm only finding I'm writing like one or two really good bits a, a year. Yeah. Like two bits that I go, I go like, this is good. And like, and so the year before it was like the secret bit, the bit about the, the dildos, throwing the dildos. Yes, okay, thing, yeah. Right? And then this year was kind of like, and this one was great because I can keep adding stuff to it. And yeah. so every time I, I just think of something new, this one certainly has had like other bits that I've 
uh, like had to keep removing from them other bits of imagery that, that weren't working and things like that. But what's, what I'm finding really interesting about it is that this one doesn't always hit. Like, it's I'm not sure if it's got to be in my if it's in the tone of describing it. Like, there's a guy who's t- talking to me about it, how he's like, yeah, it's interesting because you describe it almost like you. It's like you've got this weird thing and you're like describing it to a doctor or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> like you're going like, yeah, and now it kind of looks like this and it's sort of yeah. this happens. And yeah, like well, that. Well, part of what's funny about it, I think, is that it's a dispassionate exclamation mm. ex- uh, description. Yeah, and, and I think sometimes if I say it too confidently, like if I say it like I'm like, yeah, like and it's like this and it's like this and it's like this, it doesn't, there's not much uptake yes. on it. Okay. So it's like, it's strange. I'm finding that a lot. Like, and I'm finding that with like, Especially when I'm not performing to crowds that are used to comedy, it's not it's not getting taken up as much. Yes, like, or or people are laughing way more quietly. Like I can see yeah. some people sort of shaking in the audience. There's like maybe one in four that's like maybe they, one guy who's like trying to hide it from other they people. They don't have permission to laugh at it because yeah. I guess if it's confident, then it then it says something about you. Yeah. And then if I laugh at it, then maybe I'm telling my friends that I accept this thing about you. Yeah. In a way that maybe if it's dispassionate. Yeah, it, it's like the idea breeds rather, yeah, yeah. Than, the, like, rather but, than the character. Yeah, I think in my mind, like, I, the way I try to do it now is that like I'm try, like I'm just discovering it. Like I'm yeah. like, oh, and it's kind yeah, of like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, a yeah. guy who's just like, I don't know what's going on yeah, down there, yeah. guys. It's weird, but yeah. So it's it's like yeah, I, I love that bit, but it's yeah, it's it's a weird source of like. Like it's like ah oh, well then I'm, also, I'm stuck with you guys for three minutes while I'm saying this really ridiculous thing sure. and describing the most ridiculous thing and you guys aren't really laughing but yeah. like I just kind of have to I've just I've, I've just learned to stand and take it and just keep going and go cool so that's the urethra bit yeah yeah thanks a lot yeah so let's talk a bit about your persona on stage something that I uh, often ask guys who've been going 10 years or more is about their voice and when they found their voice yeah. is that a concept that you can get your head around do you feel like you're finding a voice or you're you're nailing down a persona or do you feel like you're you're chucking stuff at the wall uh, I still think I'm throwing a lot of stuff at the wall um, like that you know that hey guys thing in the, in yeah. The, yeah so yeah. that's that's something that's new in this festival like okay. it's just like Cause it's, that, it's, and, and what that is for the just for the listener that you you kind of separate all the beats of the yeah. of the show by going oh hey guys as, you, as yeah. you've just noticed it. yeah I'm rediscovering the audience yeah yeah yeah, yeah it's nice like, it works oh hey guys uh, so yeah and going like that like and that's and that's a fun thing like a kind of like a like a over enthusiastic kind of like I don't know like that's kind of how I see it in my mind like a this this sort of strange kindness and like this uh, is that is that a thing like 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 it's it's almost like a like a like a friendly talk show host or something like that. It's just like oh hey there hey there you are guys like nice yeah, to see you. Yeah, it's a way, well it's yeah. a way of framing your. I, I think it, it really works because it, it kind of frames your jokes as this is this is a bit. Yeah. We, we all know that this is a bit. Yeah. This is me telling you some stuff without beating us over the head with that. It mm. sort of does that quite gently, and at the same time it's um, it it just it lets you be soft. It's quite a gentle. Yeah, silly sort of a. Yeah, I'm. I'm finding like that. I so I'm not really a threatening presence, or I don't really command sure authority, and so that's like a thing that I kind of. I think I'm. I'm like a little bit in. Like I think I'm trying to be myself on stage. Okay. Um. But um. But yeah, it's, it's an interesting idea because like I'm not. I I don't really like confrontation. I'm not really, like I don't. You know. You know. I'm not aggressive really. And and so in a way you kind of like when when you're like that you kind of what you like and you, you sort of leave yourself open to people you're basically being nice 
and leaving yourself open to people and making yourself vulnerable to people saying, hey, basically, I'm trusting you guys with mm. my vulnerability. If, if you are mean to me, you're the asshole here. Yes, okay. And, and okay. so it's kind of like having to leave, leave some trust in other people. And, and, and I haven't really had much trouble at this festival at all. Like, like you know, some people just like, I don't know like why some people ha like get more hecklers than other people and stuff like that. But this festival hasn't been, and maybe it's also because I'm just in a thirty seater and it's just too. It's, <laughs> it's just, just too intimate. To yeah, it's, just it? too, yeah, it's quite a small room. Yeah, it's like yeah, they're they're only like you know fifteen inches from my face anyway. Yeah. But yeah, but yeah, I'm, I think I'm just trying to be myself, which which a lot of the time allows like allows me to blabber on and be not funny too much. Yeah, um, maybe yeah. And like, like I'm still finding like, you know, because in, in regular conversation with people, like I don't think I'm super funny off the top of my head. Like sure. I can be, if like, you know, when you're in the right mood, you can sure. be on and shit like that. But like, but yeah, I'm, it's like, I'm, I'm very accepting. And, and on stage, I think I'm, I, I'm, I don't know if this comes across, but I am, I feel like I'm, I'm communicating to the audience like, guys, I know that I'm only four years in and that I'm not a professional. Like, I'm not, I'm not the best comedian you've ever seen. The show is called Trying Hard. Like, I'm like, yes, I'm, okay. I'm clearly not putting all this confidence in myself. I'm like, I think that this stuff is good and yeah. like, and I'll deliver it and, and hopefully you guys like it. But like, you know, I think personally that it takes 10 years to make a decent comic, sure. right? So like, so I'm glad that you guys are liking this and like, that's why like, and I think I haven't been getting a good reaction to this at all, which I don't know why I should, but like, but I'm always like amazed when there's a room full of people who show yeah. up. Yeah. So I'm just like, guys, thank you for coming. And I think sometimes like the one, one review that I got, I got a really bad review. Um, and she was like, she used the word like amateur like three times and was yeah, just like, sure. yeah. And she was really like, like this guy, you know, was like clearly a beginner and it's like, yeah, that's what I'm trying to put yes, out there. Yeah, like, like sure, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm telling you guys that I'm like, I'm, I'm yeah. yeah, that's but the then, whole point. Then equally, I think that like you're, what you're going for is a, a sort of a, a sort of genial amateurish delivery yeah. and that's very different to being an amateur and yes maybe it's a bit cloudy because you are comparatively new yeah but um i think that 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 capacity that sort of warmth that you have yeah. of being like a little bit sort of daft and a bit kind of amateurish yeah in in your relationship with us that can that can you that can still be there in 10 or 15 years if you want it to be yeah you know what i mean because i think it's actually a valid way to engage with an audience yeah and and also, there like you know, some of the stuff is like, is definitely on purpose. Like just kind of going like, oh, that's the end of that bit, and things like that. Any things sure. like that, to a certain extent, because there there is like you know, if, if a comedian's job is to cut through bullshit, there's a certain amount of bullshit in professional stand up as well. Yeah, which is just like and like you know, maybe it, maybe I'm maybe I'm just lazy and I'm just justifying it now. But like, <laughs> like the idea of not having segues and things like that. It's like segues are great and things like that. But at the same time, it's like. We, we can all see what you've done there and it's like yeah. it's, you know it's, it's, it's pretty transparent it's like if I can just go like like if you're just subverting that kind of stuff and, and also just that that never fail professionalism that comes with some people's persona on stage that I think is complete bullshit and that I'm happy yes. to accept yes. like if I, if I do a joke and it, and it happens a lot with the one liners like there's always one or two that doesn't really yeah. you know it might get 20% uptake or something sure. I, don't, I don't know why I'm being so mathematical about it but anyway <laughs> well that's my next question we'll yeah. get to that yeah. but um 
like yeah if a joke doesn't go well I can I, I've and this is one of the few things that I've kind of got from that clowning fad let's call it a fad let's dismiss it as a fad this like ancient tradition that yeah. come up through Europe fad yeah um, but there's one thing that I've got from it is rather than just go like oh you guys didn't really like that one I can just let my face show it yeah. and just go like that's fine. Like, you know, just yeah, yeah. shrug my shoulders and that's cool, guys. I don't mind. Like, and, and that can often get a laugh. Just allowing, like, just showing the audience how that makes you feel. Like, Absolutely. Just, being uh, honest, being vulnerable, all those yeah. things, yeah. And so that's, that's kind of a fun new thing. And then that, that I like that I'm stri- like, I just like that idea of stripping away, yeah, that varnish. Like, that polish. I don't think that polish, like, you know, there's a certain amount of polish that is, like, get your jokes good and get them like you know get get them at the like paste properly get get the delivery good but then there's a certain there's, there's an extra polish on top that I don't think is entirely necessary and that I think like goes against my my belief in the world which is like there's like which is kind of just like there's so much unnecessary bullshit <laughs> like mm-hmm. And like, like I don't. Anyway, I don't know. This is gonna. This is starting to sound way more philosophical. And like, <laughs> than I was, but like, there's no, just pursue like, it, pursue but there's just like, you know, like, like so much stuff in the world where where, where you're, you're you're arguing with people about nothing, and like, you yeah. know, like you know, even with girlfriends, I have this problem. It's just like, the only reason I start arguing with somebody is because like I'm like I'm just angry that we're arguing. Like yeah, I agree sure. that this is a topic that you think is valid for our ar- arguing. So a lot of like small petty stuff like that, and like. People, attention to detail, that's completely not my thing. So that's why it's like, it's way more going to be rough around the edges and just like, meh, whatever. Like, sure. like, all I care about is that you guys like the punchline and that's what I want. And then beyond that, it's like, I don't give a shit about the polish and shit. Uh, yeah. I've said shit so many times in the last 30 seconds. It's ridiculous. <laughs> You did mention there a 20% uptake. You've yeah. mentioned that you're a science degree background. Do yeah. you think there is a scientific approach in, in the way you approach comedy or is that lazy of me to try and draw no, that? No, like, like, I, like the thing I mentioned about Hedberg before, like I think that that, that thing that, that's in my mind about like that's how he would write jokes. Um, I think that there's, there's definitely mathematical elements to, to comedy. Um, that like that thing I think is like an e- like is just an equal sign like it's an <laughs> so that's like so it's like saying this is equal to this is what you're saying and so you can you can break that by saying something that's obviously untrue but say it in a truthful way and that can get a laugh okay. right you can say and so then so that's that's like that's breaking that convention but you can also say something uh, this is like this and then that gets a laugh because you know you so so. Um, the urethra thing it's like it's like it's just like a regular sized dick but the walls are really thin it just yeah, looks like sure. a bit of copper pipe yeah. and so there's a certain there's a certain like l- equivalence in that in your yes. mind where it's just like almost like when you watch an impressionist and for a second you see that person they're doing the yes. impression of okay. like it just clicks over and you go wow this is really good yeah. like and that's the thing that's kind of like the amazing thing and so there's that there's like there's opposites which are things like um, I always use Hedberg jokes but like Hedberg has a joke which is um uh I, I did a film with uh, Peter Frampton, right? I got to smoke fake pot with Peter, Peter Frampton, which is really cool. It's equally as cool as smoking real pot with a guy that looks like Peter <laughs> yeah, Frampton, yeah. right? That's, you know, I've done that way more, that kind of thing. And that's just, like, that's just an equal or opposite sign. Like, it's a, like it's a basic sort of operation, mathematical operation uh, that, that, that they're doing. And I, so I definitely think that there's almost to, like, and I think it's in storytelling and things like that, like, you know, Coen Brothers and things like that where, where they'll, they'll always have, like, 
almost exact opposite characters beside each other, like the Vietnam vet and the and the like the the uh, and the stoner like hippie from the sixties yes, okay. and things like that. They team them up together, and that's a I think that's very much like a storytelling thing. And I think it's. Yeah, you always put opposites together, and anyway, I don't know what that. No, is. man, that's totally. I've never even noticed that. Just obviously the Big Lebowski. Yeah, oh, my and friend pointed jo- it out to me. John Goodman's character. I just properly. Well, oh yeah, of course, they're completely the opposite in the same sort of. Yeah. thing. it never occurred to me they're a hippie and a vet. Yeah, you know what I mean, it's I'm, like it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and I think that yeah, I think that you know art and mathematics definitely have some links uh, to them like that, and mm. I'd be beyond like beyond like sort of basic operations like that just like equal signs and sort of like opposites there's there's patterns and things like that which you know you can definitely play on and things like that but yeah i i I, my knowledge on that is kind of hasn't gone far beyond that but you know like patterns you can definitely get people on board if you set a pattern and then you just repeat it's almost another equal sign or whatever but yeah yeah so I think there's definitely a mathematics to it. I have um, never heard anyone describe it in those terms. I think that's absolutely fascinating. Because okay, no, I cool. can see the truth of that. And that's, yeah, that's absolutely fascinating. I wonder if there's a other uh, algebraic, you could discover new ways of doing jokes by yeah. applying different algebraic formula to them. I know, I, I like, yeah, I'm really, somehow you can divide something. Yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. <laughs> gonna, well, this can. is the feed line. Yeah. And I'm gonna divide the feed line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and like I wouldn't be surprised but like yeah it's it's just it's like it's also like I mean it's it's essentially logic as well so I think like yeah. it's the same so whatever uh, yeah things you can use in logic you can probably use in comedy mm-hmm. I imagine like in you know like and it's the same thing with like you know all those um, what are they called when it's like Oh, people from Greece are like this, and uh, what a, a syllogism. Those okay, things. yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't come. Remind me what a syllogism is. Syllogism is like okay, uh, okay, wait, 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 like okay, Greek people are bald. Uh, Gary is Greek. Gary is bald. Gotcha. Like, something okay. like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And so those kinds of things, but you can play with those, which are like supposed to be like the fundamental. A unit of logic. Yes, right? I understand. Yeah, and and then, but then, yeah, you can play with it. anyway. Those, it's just essentially the same thing. People know joke formats, but yeah, yeah, yeah sure, <laughs> sure. But that's quite interesting. That's quite an, uh, an enlightening perspective mm. on joke formats. I, I might have thought of them in terms of logic before, but the idea, of, but I'd only ever thought of logic as a sort of, I don't know, as a sort of domestic logic rather than as a mathematical yeah. logic. Yeah, but yeah, and and so that, yeah, and say so, so it's the same way that I think that yeah, you can do it. In that they're true, yeah. You can you can do it so that things like false logic, I think, is a brilliant like is is one of my yeah, like most common joke types. I think it's just okay. like saying something that is obviously uh, untrue, but saying it as if it's true, and then yeah. it's like there's just a laugh there because okay, it's just because and that's what I like and I like those kind of jokes where it's like okay, you've given people the the information. And then they have to do some work in order to, to yes. get it. And I, I, I'm, I'm sure not all, like, maybe all jokes are like that, but... Um, well, yes, but there's some, I think the 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 the, uh, the time required to fill in the information yourself probably mm. varies. And a lot yeah. of jokes, it's instant. Yeah. You, you get it, and you go, oh, I get, I get the yeah. thing. And then sometimes there's dot, 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 and you count three while the audience yeah. goes, ah, gotcha. Yeah, yeah so, because I was talking about this with a friend the other day, where, where it's like, I have that joke, which is... Um, I'm talking about quitting engineering and I'm like because with a job like that you get comfortable and the older you are the more difficult it is to get out it is to get out and in that way jobs are a lot like bean bags yeah yeah right? yeah yeah and 
that joke is always like it's like a two three then boom like and and i like it because that one hits hard or sometimes it hits nothing at all but like but when it hits it hits really hard because i feel like it's like you've given people the key like you've given you've given people the key like you've given them all the information and then you've given them this like this thing it's like oh Oh, because they weren't paying attention to that information, like thinking yes. that it, they were going to need it in something. Yes, yes. And so, so then they have to like look back, yeah. piece it together, and then go, oh, yeah. That's brilliant. Yes, yes, yes absolutely. And, That's and a I, great analysis of exactly hmm. why that works. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I think because they have to do that extra bit of work, it's like, bang, it's like, it's a little bit harder to hit. Like, sure. And it may, like, yeah, me and Andy were talking about that, about like whether you could restructure jokes that you already have to like put them in a way like that so that the audience has to do just a little bit more work so that maybe it'll make it hit harder yeah I don't know yeah it's interesting <laughs> incredible incredible um, let me uh, well you were saying about um, uh, let, let's wrap this up because we, we need to we need to press on but um, you were talking about your common joke types that's like a, a particular thing you've spotted mm. you know, an example of something that you've uh, that you, I think a lot of my jokes are like that. Yeah. Um, like with the false logic ones, for example. Are there any jokes of yours? Because I'm enjoying this sort of chat about technique. Yeah. Um, are there any jokes of yours which you think, which you're proud of because they do a thing that you think you've invented or discovered or that's really unusual? Oh man, because so much of my stuff is like really, it's like, it's like I've taken somebody else's, like I often take somebody's idea and then yeah. I'll like, I'll extrapolate on it. Like, you know, like people doing music and things like that. But hang on, okay, something like, that's something that I think that I invented. <laughs> I'm only, there's, no, no, no. Um, do you know what I mean though? Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. there's something in there that you're like, that you're particularly proud of. Like there's a, yeah. A little bit like, like, I feel like I discovered the, the, that last thing we were just talking about. I feel yeah. like I sort of discovered that on my own. I, I don't remember. Yeah, sure. I don't know if it's been like, it's probably been done before, but I feel it's like very I like It's very like in juggling when you go, hey, look, I've invented a trick. You, go, yeah. you could do it like that. And someone goes, oh, that's in a book. Yeah. Go, yeah, yeah, that doesn't matter. I discovered Yeah, exactly. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. I, I'm allowed to be proud of that. Yeah, 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 like, totally, yeah, yeah. Totally. I figured out Pythagoras' theorem <laughs> from first principles. Like, yeah. I just worked it out myself. <laughs> I know what happened 700 years ago, whatever. Yeah, something like that. Oh, I, I do know that I've had that feeling before. Like I was like, nobody's nobody's done this before. And in your mm. moments of quiet pride that you don't normally yeah. tell people. Or even, I mean, it can be as much as moments when you think you've done something you don't normally do. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's like I, I think you can get that pride, even if it's not something that you feel like you've invented. It's just something that you like. I've got I've got a joke about my hometown, which is it's a very boring place to come from yeah. and a very unremarkable childhood. Yeah. I remember one time when I was a kid. No, nothing. Yeah. And that, do you know what I mean? And that, that tends yeah, yeah, to really yeah. hit. That tends to... Yeah. I, I get a, a high percentage uptake on that one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Good, yeah. Oh, good uptake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but, but I think and that, the reason that stands out for me, I, I think, is because I don't... I don't really know what that is, mm. you know, technically. So. Yeah, actually, I have a joke that, like, that came up in conversation one time when I was talking to my girlfriend at the time, and which came out of conversation. I don't think I've ever been able to write a joke like it, which was... Um, because she used to use the word seldom a lot. Yeah. Right? And then and the joke went like this. Like, she uses the word seldom a lot, which yeah. I love, because that's yeah. a word I use very rarely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love right? that. Yeah. And that's ridiculous. But, like, that came out accidentally. Yeah. And then we just both laughed straight away. And I was yeah, like... Sure. And just that's definitely, like, turned into a thing for me, which is, like... And, and I think that's it's, it's almost a basic principle in comedy to like never use the same word twice in a joke. Like you yes, know, never sure. use the same word twice. But like, but to just, but to almost just use 
the, the like the yeah. basically a variation on that word as your punchline like yeah. I, like yeah, I yeah, always yeah. love that or in, which also like the joke itself is a representation of the meaning of the word yeah so if that makes yeah. sense yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah and so like yeah I, I really like a little yeah I often there. I like spotting those ones I sometimes if I'm stuck on a joke I'll think to myself I, I always like the ones where the thing is the thing itself yeah so you go is there is there actually is there a brilliant one liner hidden in this if I just apply the concept of the thing I'm describing yeah. to the punchline I'm looking for absolutely yeah what do, there's a guy that is he Canadian who's in the UK mm-hmm. and he's full of like jokes like that like that's almost his whole joke format is um Oh, he's like an older guy okay wait he might be American but okay he has a joke that's like um, oh I uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm part of a, an over actors class yeah. and then he looks at his watch and he goes oh I'm late for a moment yeah something like that like, who's that oh, I'm gonna, oh, if, we, if we can't work it out perhaps a listener can email uh, wait his name of his DVD is outstanding in his field oh yeah uh, oh yeah of course it's Stuart Francis yeah yeah, yeah Stuart yeah, Francis yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah cool. and that like when, uh, after uh, I wrote yeah, that joke, no, I was like, oh my God, that's exactly like, yeah. that's almost his whole joke format. Yes, it's he just, does loads of those, doesn't he? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like, here's, it's like, listen out for the keyword. Okay, now let's see if we can pick it before you get there. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, yeah. once you know the format, it's like, come on, right, quick, uh. yeah. yeah, and it's great because he, yeah, and he's, and he's good at it and you can just get little short jokes that are like yeah. really quick like that and you can, yeah. you know, he can just build it on top of each other. Yeah, it's great. But yeah, so I don't think I've done anything that's, brand new like I feel like sure. I like I I, I I steal ideas from everywhere and then I like I turn them into something else slightly yeah something else I don't know I don't I like I think it's wrong to steal jokes definitely sure but you can I think you can you can help move comedy forward yeah yeah <laughs> and I did I did inverted commas around that because yeah. I don't want to pretend like that's what I think that I'm doing but but like by just taking like you just see what somebody is doing right now in comedy that you're like, this is brand new. And then you can just take some of the ideas of that yeah. and just like create something yeah. else with it. That's very yeah. exciting. Thanks, man. Thanks for talking to me about it. That's, yeah. Thank I'll, you I'll so be, much for having me on. I'll, just be, I'll be very excited to, uh, to see what you do next and all the rest of it. You're, you're not coming to Edinburgh this not year. Not this year, no. But, uh, Have you I'll got probably, plans? Yeah, next year I'll definitely do it. It's just there's no money in my sure. bank account. But, I'll, it's, but I'll, I'll, I'll get there. It's like the thing to do, right? Yeah, man. So, yeah, it's the thing to do. The, and I think that's largely because like it costs so much money and time and pain and effort yeah. that afterwards you can then go up to people that you suggested going to Edinburgh to and go yeah see yeah. that was the thing to do and yeah. now the thing to do is that we all sit and commiserate as yeah. well and get drunk yeah. yeah totally man thank you very much for having me on the show appreciate it oh that was the politest ending I've ever had thanks man So that was Alistair, fabulous comedian, fabulous conversation, fascinating views on the mathematics of comedy and logic and stuff. I'd be very interested in pursuing that if anyone has strong feelings about that or is a mathematician or can shed some more light on those sort of ideas. I love the idea of dividing a premise. Um, Then uh, email me, info at comedianscomedian.com. And if you listened right to the end of the episode, I don't know if everyone does yet, I've no idea what your habits are, here's a little treat. I'm going to secretly reveal now that the Comedians Comedian Live Edinburgh show uh, that Sarah Millican will be attending. She's going to be my first repeat guest, and um, and you can send me any questions that you you'd like to address. You'd like me to address to her, um, or you can just turn up at it because it's on Tuesday, the twentieth of August. I'm not making that publicly available. Don't tweet it. Don't tell anyone apart from your your pals. Don't use any social media for that. Um, I can't absolutely, of course, I can't absolutely guarantee that that won't change. 
But seeing as Sarah's one will certainly sell out, and if it does change, there'll be another superb guest in Sarah's place. Anyway, if I were you, I would jump right on it. Tuesday, the 20th of August, tickets available at gildedballoon.co.uk and search for the show on the index under T for The Comedians, blah, 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 blah. That's that. That's that's all from Alistair. Next week, Tom Gleeson. It's an absolute belter. Um, keep listening. Thanks to Dan Melrose. Thanks to Graham Crockford and all the all the usual dudes. Um, and uh, I will speak to you next week. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.